From the protectors of the internet, the Wisconsin Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, it's the PKO Podcast. Welcome to the PKO Podcast. My name is Kagan and I've got Ryan here today. Ryan, how's it going? It's going good, Kagan. Summer is winding down and as our topic will kind of talk about here today, a lot going on with uh, kids being back in school, which brings us some... Um, challenges and um, additional tips coming into the unit here, and hopefully we can pass some of that information along today. Absolutely. You know, today we're diving into that return of the school year and the kind of ever-growing realm of device usage among K-12 through students. But first, as always, you know we have to have our monthly joke. Are you ready, Ryan? Ready for the joke, Kagan. All right. So why did the computer get glasses? Well, I'm thinking something with C, but I'm going to have to have you tell me. To improve its website. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, Good I, work as always. Kevin. I mean, the, the C++ thing, I was like, oh, is there a way to make this work? And I, we found <laughs> another avenue. But, you know, it is kind of hard to believe that it's already back to school season. Again, we're, we're a couple of weeks in, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know what else is hard to believe is just the sheer number of kids that as we get back into school have access to devices now. So yeah, we were just kind of talking about this earlier today that, um, you know, summer just kind of flew past us here and all of a sudden we're back into school and summer activities are certainly starting to wind down. Um, and as we get back to school and um, get going with school, the number of kids that are going to have contact with electronic devices, either through school issue devices, parent hand down devices, are probably higher now than they've ever been. Yeah, and it, it really is astonishing to think about that. You know, these devices really bring a world of opportunity for learning and exploration, and that also comes with a lot of risks to it. It's a kind of a different landscape now compared to when we were kids, where nowadays kids are just online for everything from schoolwork to socializing, and this kind of blur kind of pops up between education and recreational use, making it really just essential for parents to kind of keep tabs on devices and internet usage. Like you said, like kiddos are getting devices not only secondhand from parents, but also from the schools themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So in the, in the digital age that we're in now, you know, we see more devices in the hands of children than we've ever had at any time in the past. And that is uh, certainly for school activities. More school activities certainly are done online or in a digital platform now than we've ever had before. Um, and that leads to more recreational use, I think, of these devices, too, because it just becomes a part of the daily lives of our children that they're using the devices in school. And that segues into more use during personal time as well which brings up kind of our topic today as to how we keep kids safe on those devices, both in a school setting, but also outside at home. I'm with you there on that. You know, in fact, uh, one of the recent Pew Research Center studies that um, we were reviewing, it, it really suggested that nearly 95%, I, I surmise it's a bit more, have access to smartphones, which is why, you know, we talk about this topic, why we really recommend being diligent about having these open conversations, because internet safety is just so much more crucial and vital in this age. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the crazy part about it is it's not just smartphones. You know, we think about digital devices, we think about a cell phone, because it's just so much a part of our daily lives. But it's not just those phones, it's tablets, it's laptop computers, even gaming consoles now through PlayStation or other gaming consoles that are out there, uh, present an opportunity for kids to be online uh, to almost 24 hours a day. So, you know, this isn't about creating fear, but more just fostering kind of an awareness and education, both for us as parents and also for our children to be able to keep them safe online with all these devices that they can now reach out with. Absolutely. So it's maybe right for us maybe to break it down a little bit further. So we should start off, right? Why do we think it's crucial to check in with our children about the devices they're using? 
What's well, a great question? Um, first, not all devices have the same security settings. So whether it's a cell phone and a different manufacturer of a cell phone, if it's a tablet, if it's a laptop computer, depending on who the manufacturer is of that device or um, what type of device I'm even using, if it's the same manufacturer, there's certainly different security settings. So um, knowing what device your child is using online can certainly help you to set it up appropriately uh, and provide the appropriate safeguards for children. Um, in addition to that, some devices are more vulnerable to online threats than others. So researching the device that your child has or you may be purchasing it for your child and comparing it to some of the safety features of other devices can go a long ways to promoting safety for them online. Yeah, and, and fortunately, a lot of these companies that sell these devices have their safety settings on their own website. You can Google them. Uh, hop onto their website and they give some directions on ways to safeguard for parents um, as well as over on Common Sense Media for some of the gaming platforms and what have you. But it's not really just the devices, is it, right? We want to kind of understand what they're doing on that device because it's not solely for schoolwork sometimes. It might have different settings for things like social media or gaming like you were talking about. Um, we really recommend checking in so parents can kind of guide kids on maybe setting strong passwords or recognizing phishing or sextortion attempts or just even understanding the importance of not sharing personal information online. Yeah, that's so true. So, you know, I've come across stories where, you know, kids have in or innocently um, shared their school locations, their home addresses, and they don't really realize the potential dangers of that. So sharing with uh, children the same messages that we have, um, even before the digital age, as to not giving out personal information is vital when we have these devices. And one of the things that we see a lot of times and don't think about is that even if the children haven't shared that, perhaps the devices that we're giving them is sharing it. So as a parent, sometimes the first devices that we provide to our child isn't a brand new device. It's the used cell phone or the used tablet that we had as a parent that we now pass down to a child. What we forget about is that when we had that device as an adult, we were maybe sharing our GPS location because an application required it or we shared other personal information. Now we provide that device to a child and we don't change the security settings that makes them very vulnerable and can create a very dangerous situation. So whether it's a new device or a used older device that we previously had, changing those settings and make sure we're not sharing that personal information is absolutely vital on the road to keeping kids safe online. No, I, I certainly agree, and I think that's something we really try to highlight and recommend when we go and talk about these, you know, safety steps and what to do's when you start the process of, you know, providing maybe that first device to your kiddo, or um, even if you want to go back to your children who do have a device or multiple devices, if it is through the school, making sure that is up to speed and up to date, and that you are aware of those safety settings in place, if any. And really speaking of that, bits and bobs of shared information, you know, we need to acknowledge that many apps and websites have a pretty substantial social component now. Um, and that could be where, you know, a kiddo might just be using a pretty seemingly harmless game. There might be actually a lot of interaction with strangers that might on the front end seem pretty normal or, you know, um, what might be the right word? Uh, less than dangerous, but there's these opportunities now with so many platforms, so many apps to maybe be moved to another place. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it is a lot for parents to keep up with. And that's one of the first things I talk to parents about when I go do safety presentations is just that. In a digital world, it is a constantly changing environment. And what was a popular application or what safety feature work today may not be tomorrow. So sometimes it feels like a full-time job just trying to keep up with this. Um, so it is, it can be a very stressful thing. But, you know, just as we teach our kids to look both ways before they cross the street early on in life, we also need to equip them with those same type of safety skills when they're online and on the internet. So just some quick tips that I've come up with and then I provide to parents or adult groups when I go out and talk to them is to set boundaries um, and have screen-free zones at home. So have areas where there is now no screen time allowed um, in certain areas of your home. Keep devices in common areas that you can monitor the activities. So and that's one of the rules in our home. Sometimes, yes, it's not the most popular rule, but in non-common areas such as a bedroom or areas that we don't have regular access to maybe as the parent or contact with our child at, those are areas that, um, you know, electronic devices are not allowed to be used. We're keeping them in the common area. Devices stay in the common area plugged in at night when they're charging and not downstairs in the bedroom or someplace else. Um, you know, maybe even more importantly, just to maintain an open line of communication. So ask your kids what they're doing online. Uh, sometimes the simplest way to get an answer to a question is just to ask that question. So figure out from them, what is it that they're doing online? Who are they talking to? And attempt to create an environment where they can feel safe and coming to you with their concerns. And that's vital because what we know is that if children are online long enough, they are probably going to come across some type of inappropriate activity. Somebody that probably contacts them asking them to do something inappropriate or for personal information or some of these safety messages we talk about. So having that open line of communication with kids that they know they can come to you with their concerns is vital towards being able to protect them and to reverse that course when somebody maybe does solicit inappropriate content or activity from them. Oh, certainly. Those are all really great, you know, recommendations and advice for maintaining uh, just that open line of communication, just safe activities in general. You know, when I was growing up, one of the biggest points of conversation was stranger danger in the real world, watching out for the van, giving out candy. But now we need to be more mindful um, further because our children are encountering strangers daily in the digital realm. And it's normalized because we had a couple of years in COVID where everything happened online for our kiddos with their school, with their activity with friends. And so we need to be mindful that there is a pretty normalized conception that meeting people online isn't atypical, but what, what other thoughts do you have about that? You know, it's just very true. Um, the dynamics of the internet really make that even more complex when we start to meet individuals and call them friends that we've never actually met in life. So, you know, for instance, this concept of friends on social media platforms is just really misleading. Um, it's, you know, not just somebody that's been labeled as a friend because you've met them, but that doesn't even mean they're trustworthy in a digital world. This may be somebody that you've never met. You don't actually know who the person is. You just consider them a friend because you've maybe played an online game with them or they're a friend of another friend on a social media platform. So this term friends in a digital world just takes on a whole new meaning than what we're used to in the conventional use of the term in our everyday lives that we've known. Um, I just actually saw a poll online this weekend asking um, in adult groups uh, of your Facebook friends, how many of those people have you actually met in person in your life? And it's surprising and alarming even looking at trends for adult users, the very high numbers of 50% or more of their friends that they have in a social setting or a social media setting um, are individuals that they've never met before. And that's even more for our kids who are interacting online on a daily basis. So, you know, with platforms like TikTok, Instagram, um, these multiplayer games um, through PlayStation or other gaming platforms, kids can, 
kids could connect with, you know, practically anybody out there in the world. Um, so, you know, that fosters some global understanding. It certainly brings risks with it, obviously. Yeah, and, and we're not here to scare and say, oh, you know, your kiddo has X amount of connections. They must all be bad, evil people with nefarious connections. But it might be important sometimes to say, sit down with your kid and say, hey, you know, maybe we should go through this list and say, how do we know these people? How often do we interact with them? You know, are you open or available to just be added by, you know, friends of friends or just anyone can come see your profile? And this is where these privacy settings we recommend are just so important because it's not just about those stranger interactions sometimes. And you know, we need to even look on the, the other side of the things where the topic of being online is about just information consumption as its whole, right? The internet being this vast repository, right? We have this global connection like Ryan was sharing. There might not always be age appropriate or factual information our kiddos come across. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And in an ICAT task force like this, you know, we commonly think about these dangers as being inappropriate sexual advances, kids getting sexually exploited online. Um, but there's a lot more to dangers that can be presented online just beyond those ICAC um, or internet crimes thing that we hear about. So, you know, I've heard stories about kids who just stumble upon misleading or age inappropriate information online. And this could be about health. It could be about science or current events going on in the world. So it's not just from a criminal aspect, but just age inappropriate content that sometimes our kids are exposed to. So and let's not forget that with that, there comes kind of an emotional and mental health aspect that can come from it. With increased uh, screen time here, especially during the pandemic over the last couple of years, we've seen a huge rise in cyberbullying incidents that occurring. So again, you know, open communication can be a very powerful tool in identifying um, if there are inappropriate content that your children are seeing, if they're being bullied online. Um, having that open line of communication again with them is vital to being able to address those concerns that they're coming across. Yeah, and it, it really is heartbreaking just to hear about young individuals who face cyberbullying. And it is more common and prevalent than most you know, people and parents realize. So um, really try to do your best to be aware of the signs and provide a supportive environment for kids to open up about negative online experiences. And that could just be from coming across something misleading or like making your kiddo uncomfortable to interactions they have with others. And we talk a lot about that a little bit further on our website um, for the Wisconsin Department of Justice ICAC website. But there are parental controls, content filters, regular check-ins that can really go a long way to help maintain the wellness um, and well-being of your kiddo. Yeah, that's true, um, Kagan. And, you know, you might also want to take a look at just co-viewing or even co-playing online content with younger children. It not only helps us to understand the type of content that they're, you know, consuming or seeing, but it also provides an opportunity for bonding. More so for me, I think it also provides an opportunity to truly see what children are doing online. We can research applications. We can do our own investigative work into the applications around, but sitting down with a child and saying, show me the application, show me the game, um, and show me exactly what it does and what you're able to do with it can go a long ways towards promoting safety, but to also helping your understanding of the content that your children are viewing to help you make a good educated decision as to whether or not that's an appropriate website application or otherwise for them. Yeah, certainly. And all these measures, we, we don't mean that we're trying to snoop or invade the privacy of our kiddos, though maybe that's sometimes our intention. You know, it's really, though, about keeping the lines of communication open, building that trust and ensuring the safety of our children. At the end of the day, you know, open, you know, asking kind of open-ended questions, trying to understand, right, Ryan was saying there with the co-viewing or co-playing, is just getting a perspective of what our kiddos are doing to make sure that, you know, they're able to do things that kids should be doing and having fun and, and learning new things and, you know, enjoying 
potentially games or, you know, bits of information with other friends and or people to connect with, but at the same time being safe from some of these harms we've discussed today. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the reality of this is digital devices, the internet are certainly here to stay. And while it seems like it's a part or a, a large component of our everyday life right now, it's just going to become an even larger component and um, have more of a presence in our life in the years to come. So um, in digital devices, the internet, uh, let's be honest, they offer incredible benefits. So there are great benefits and great opportunities that come with this. So, so it's, you know, we can embrace this digital age, but we also have to equip our kids with skills or knowledge to be able to navigate it safely. So uh, for folks that are listening, I would just say, hey, remember that it's not about instilling fear, as we've said here a couple times, but it is about empowering our kids to make informed and safe decisions online and keeping ourselves educated as to what our kids are doing um, helps to keep them better educated and make them safer online as we navigate this digital age together. Yeah, Ryan, I appreciate your time and insight on these topics. You know, for folks out there, please reach out with any questions you might have. We'd always be glad to do some research for you or talk about on one of our coming episodes, uh, anything you might be interested in. And as always, stay safe.